From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in contiguous Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. We're back, and that means, well, it means what it means every year. It means it's time for what we did on our winter break. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> in, in the immortal words of Bender from uh, Futurama, we're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So we're sounding maybe a little bit undercooked and using a, some uh, cliche gags. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> we this is actually not the first recorded episode back. It was a little bit inside baseball. Yeah. We recorded our nicest of 2022 earlier mm-hmm. with our uh, special guest host, yeah. who you uh, will hear about next week. Um, but we're recording this now. Kind of late at night. <laughs> kind of late. Yeah. We all we went out. We went and got pizza, mm-hmm. and we ate it. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens then? Well, yeah. I got a blanket. Ellen, <laughs> Ellen is ready for a nap. <laughs> I've got a snuggie. Yeah, I'm a little. I mean, I'm I'm kind of tired, but I was out there getting the pizza. <laughs> yeah, so the bris- so I'm a little energized. The, the you know negative five Fahrenheit mm-hmm. to, uh, weather. It's yeah, cold snap this week. Should we go like cold. take a run around the block? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, Stephen, do that, and then hopefully that will get no, us going. I I did. <laughs> oh right, you did. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I was gonna turn myself down, but oh, and go and pick up and run and you know what? It doesn't make sense when I say it out loud. All right, okay. So let's so, do the show. <laughs> So meta news stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So Global Game Jam is happening. Um, uh, it will have already happened when you hear this, yep. but um, it's happening for us this weekend. I'm hosting it here at Noble Robot, mm-hmm. uh, the first in-person uh, Global Game Jam for this community since 2020. Yeah, um, which I had forgotten. I was I kept thinking it was 2019, but actually, it because it's in January. It was in 2020. It was the last yeah. time we did it in person. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm real grumpy about it actually. Oh no, <laughs> because like. I mean, it's uh, the IDGA, the International Game Developer Association, Twin Cities chapter, of which I'm a board member, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of volunteer work for and help manage. Um, we've had a lot of trouble, like, get, kind of lurching ourselves back to in-person events yeah, um, for a lot of different reasons. But um, Global Game Jam is kind of important, and we figured uh, we really wanted to have it in person here, but we had a hard time finding a venue yeah. that would host a, a, a lot of people that we could get for essentially free. Which is kind of, I mean, that's our budget is essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, I just happen to have, you know, 800 square feet of office space here. Mm-hmm. Um, it just did never, it just was like, uh, maybe as a backup, maybe as a sister site, we get two locations. But it's what we ended up with. And so we we capped our, the attendance. But it also means that I sort of, I didn't excitedly decide to do it. Yeah. And so, I mean, talk to me next week. I'll be tired, but I'll, I'll be happy that I did do it. Mm-hmm. But right now, and I, I've been trying to warn the other board members that I'm like a total grump about this whole thing, ah. even though I really shouldn't be. Yeah. And it's all my fault. <laughs> so that's kind of the mood I'm in right now is like getting ready for this weekend. Just being like, oh, man, I got so much to do and I don't want to do any of it. Yeah. It's all worth it, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be great. People are going to love it. It's, yeah, that's game dev. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, but I totally understand what you're saying. It, it, you sign up for something, and you, you like you kind of wanted to do it, and maybe part of you was like, oh, this is exactly how I wanted to do it in the moment, and, but like it just kind of... It is It is kind of exactly like signing up for a game jam. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, same, okay. Same range of emotions. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's one of those things where you might not like doing it, but you want to have done it. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. It's, 
like that's the thing. Ultimately, it's like this community needs this, mm. and and I can offer it. Yeah. And so, what choice do I have? Sure. In in a way, um, I'm going to be using it to do it to sprint, other than managing the thing, because that's going to take up some of my time mm-hmm. during the weekend. But I'll, I'm going to try to get in some work. I'm not going to do a game jam this uh, uh, game this year. I'm going to do a sprint on a on a on a mini game that's inside of Dream Settler, um, which I feel is good because. The, that's about as much effort as should go into the mini games we make for Dream Settler. Yeah. So I think I'm going to use it for that, and I don't have to finish it. That's cool. It'll yeah. Just, you know, uh, this later on, well, I can I can go back to whatever. This little, yeah. little project within a project. So kind of useful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen, you're going to be jamming, and I hear you're you're going to make friends with Godot. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna re- reconcile. Yeah, reconcile. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rec- rec- well, I made lots of promises to Godot, uh, beginning of 2022. Uh-huh. You know, I was sent up for one of the office space mm-hmm. slots, I guess. Um, we've got the office space here at Noble Robot, but we also have the online space. Right, right. Which you guys are- Hybrid site. Hybrid site, yes. right. And you guys are partnering with Amber Waves of Games to do Yes, that. Amber Waves of Games is uh, basically one guy, Nick, who oh. put who basically helps manage online jams throughout the year. Uh, aimed a lot at people who aren't able to get together throughout the whole Midwest. So right. folks just out in the middle of nowhere can't, you know, don't have a stable regular community to be part of. Yeah. Like say we do here in the heart of the Twin Cities. And so he is committed to that online experience. And so we partnered with him for the past, uh, including this one, the past three jams uh, to help run the online portion. And we were online only for those other years. Um, and so it's been great because it's going to be the folks from here uh, participating in person. Also, folks from here participating online, and folks from the greater Midwest uh, that are part yeah. of the Amber Waves community. Cool. So it's going to be a little bit more. There's, which is what you needed a game jam is yeah. the opportunity to meet new people. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I think it can be sometimes if it's like the same people year in year out, also great. But then you miss one of the cool things about going to a jam, which is new experiences. Yeah. And so having that partnership, I think, is pretty valuable. Yep. Um, and also, it means that we have just more people running the online part, and so we can. I can be a little less stressed for the weekend. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be fun. And I don't know how much time I'm going to spend, you know, working here and how much time I'm going to spend online. Hopefully a, a good bit of time here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my plan is just to get back and in, into the swing of Godot and just honestly just work on my own doing some of those tutorials, but try to do them with a twist that brings them in line with the theme. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. And you may find folks who are like, I've been meaning to work with Godot and you may end up on a team. Yeah. But you, you just never know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I think it'd be cool to, you know, we'll just do, we'll see who showed up. Maybe I get some, like, maybe somebody makes some assets or somebody makes some sounds or music and stuff like that. And we'll see how, we'll see how it ends up. Yeah. That's, that's the right attitude. It, whatever it is, it's, is, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So it, it, the fewer expectations you have going in, the better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For this, for sure, I am going to enjoy the process. I'm just going to enjoy spending some time on it. Nice. Um, cool. That's my goal. But that that being said, I mean, the the first tutorial that I did with Godot, which was like a, just like a dodge the creeps kind of game, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I found my tiny little itch site. Uh, that was really easy to follow. It was really well designed from an instructional perspective. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back into that because I thought it was really well written and it was it was a good learning experience. So that's cool. Do I still have it installed on this computer? I hope so. <laughs> you got a week to figure that out. Yeah. 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 There's some people who have an attitude about game jams of like, get it all figured out on your machine, get all your assets and boilerplate code ready to go yep. so you can maximize the use of every minute after the jam starts. Mm-hmm. My attitude has been like, oh, that's kind of the way I am 
professionally as a mm-hmm. person. But for jams, I'm like, walk in with nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, and, ha- and reinvent the wheel. Like, all the, like, the thing about a game jam is it's unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. don't need to follow best, like, professional practices right because that's not what the event is about mm-hmm. it, it's 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 about everything other than that i think mm-hmm. i mean not to say i mean it certainly takes the stress off of people when they come in with their own little like like blank project ready to go with all the tools they need i mean more power to you if that's you right but i would say worry about it during the weekend don't worry about it before yeah you know? yeah it's it's a it, the game jams are about trying new things yeah and if that means you spend the first couple hours downloading the correct unreal uh, yeah, I mean, fine. It's fine. Right. It's, you know, All good. that's time well spent. <laughs> that was the, the first game jam I ever tried to participate in. It was like a 24 hour game jam. Yeah. And the hotel connection was not great. <laughs> and there were like daisy chain power cords everywhere. It was super bad. Ah. <laughs> super dangerous. But we, like, we couldn't, the, the developers like, oh, they, they didn't have the right thing installed and we couldn't get it over the internet. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to take my USB stick and I'm going to Caribou. <laughs> so my contribution was to walk out in the winter cold to the nearest Caribou and download, I think it was Unity or I can't remember if it was Unity or Unreal, but one or the other, download it over their Wi-Fi and then trudge it back. <laughs> and that was fun. And we didn't end up making a game successfully and that was also fine. Right, right. Yeah, you never know what's going to, everything will go wrong is kind of like just, that's the one expectation you should have. Yeah. You know? and enjoy it. Right. Yep. Stephen, you might uh, help us with some team building. Yes, but you're not interested in jamming this year. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we talked. I talked about it a little bit in the uh, the episode we just recorded that will come out next week. But so you'll hear more about that next week. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, at the moment, I, game jams aren't a priority. Weirdly enough, mm-hmm. making games on the side has not been a priority for me um, as much. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the future, I'll come back to it. Yeah, depends on where we're at. Well, that's what's coming up next week. Yes. Uh, let's talk about what we did these past two months. Yes. While listeners were hearing our replays. Yes. Right. Which we got some good feedback on. It was nice to see those uh, rebroadcasts. Um, every year, I'm always a little surprised. I'm like, but you've heard these already. They're reruns. Mm-hmm. But new people will hear them, or they'll be a, a nice to revisit. So I'm, I'm glad we do it, even though yeah. it does take a lot of pressure off of us. Yeah. To you know, to produce episodes every week of the year. Um, I really, I like it as a little institution of ours. Yeah. It's It's good that it's still viable to people too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first, what do the show do? Right. So, uh, we, uh, as we've done during all of our hiatuses, we get together to, to sort of either work on a project or, or just sort of, you know, do some housekeeping. Mm -hmm. Um, this year, a couple of updates on the show. First is you may have noticed this during the hiatus is you no longer we no longer have the HyperX uh, sponsorship at the top of the show yeah um, or the ads within the show and that's because that sponsorship deal is over now mm-hmm. that was a one year thing and we actually talked about it on our last year's what we did on our winter break when that started uh, as a one year project um, so that's over now um, which is a little sad because it's kind of a fun era of the show yeah um, they did send us a little bit of money yeah <laughs> so we'll we'll pitch uh, Patreon to you later on in the show just <laughs> to fill that gap. Um, <laughs> But uh, listeners also know that, you know, the the podcast network has been going on longer than that. And we do cross promotions with the other shows on the network. Yeah. And that's also stopped right now because we're still kind of figuring out what the next step of that network looks like. Yeah. And so that's kind of up in the air right now, um, which doesn't really mean one one thing or the other. But it does mean that there's will be no sort of no we're not 
part of a podcast network officially at the moment. Right. If if whatever definition you use that it, if content appears in the show to that effect, um, that's just on hold for now. Yeah. Um, but I it was an interesting experiment. Uh, yeah. That that HyperX did actually. Um, and uh, it was a, there was it was a complicated arrangement of third parties and, and how that all it all sort of manifested itself. Yeah. Um, but I think we were sort of lucky to try it. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a cool thing. Um, and it was nice to uh promo a bunch of different podcasts that you know we're still that are tangentially slightly kind of sort of related to us yeah um and yeah and you know we would get promoted from them too it was mutually beneficial which mm-hmm. is nice um if anything it might be worthwhile to try to keep some of those relationships together just so that we can help each other out that is the aim yeah and i, I wish we could have more to say now but that's the hope going yeah. forward so we'll uh stay tuned mm-hmm. for up- updates on that yes um other big news, and this is related to Patreon, right. is that uh, we decided, well, if we're not doing a sponsorship, uh, you know, how do we manage the sort of expectations of the revenue for the show, yeah. which have never been very high, mm-hmm. um, but also what we offer listeners who, who donate to uh, subscribe through Patreon. Yeah. And so we've decided that we're going to do ad-free episodes on Patreon. Yes. Um, you can get your feed from Patreon. They actually have a pretty good, you'll get a private RSS link that you can put into your podcast app. Um, that's just for you and everyone will get one. Um, and then you'll just get um, uh, uh, ad-free episodes. But also the bonus content that we put on the Patreon will be in your feed now. Oh, yeah. So so that will just show up on. So there's a little extra benefit for that. Mm-hmm. A little bit more overhead for us, but we think it's worth it. I, mean, yeah. I think it provides more of a benefit for Patreon uh, patrons. Uh, yeah. We've always said that the point of the Patreon is not for you to pay for a product, but for you to uh, appreciate the work that we provide uh-huh. and that's still true largely but we figure why not provide ad-free episodes yeah for the folks who actually pony up I yeah think that's something that i think we feel capable of doing now yeah we so. weren't really felt capable of doing that yeah so if you are interested if you if you really like the show and you want to support us but uh, are also sick of ads because i mean who else who isn't <laughs> um yeah you can sign up on our patreon because right. yeah we don't we're not going to have hyper x sponsorships anymore but we still run ads on the show yes. no, no doubt you know what we're talking about mm-hmm. um and so if uh, if you'd like to skip past those uh, without having to actually skip past those <laughs> uh, patreon's your way to do it um but again at the in the end, the real reason to to subscribe to be a patron is to support the show. That's yeah. that's always the value proposition that we promise to you. But if we can offer you a little bit more than that, I think we're ha- we're happy to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to do that going forward. So that's my very soft pitch. Um, <laughs> and you can of course subscribe patreon.com slash nice games club. Yes. As a consequence of that, ah. um, partly because of you know behind the scenes uh, logistics for us. Uh, but also the way that our ad placements work with our 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 podcast host is we're no longer going to be posting the show on YouTube. So oh, yeah. if you're hearing this, you are not hearing it on YouTube. Right. <laughs> um, we used to post the show. Uh, I don't know if, if if listeners, most listeners probably don't even know this. Yeah. But we posted the show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and very small uptick. The numbers were not very high. A couple of people listened that way. Um, and if that's you, I'm sorry that we're not doing that anymore. But it's not really the we don't do video content, so it doesn't provide any extra value. Yeah, it makes things a little more complicated for us. Yeah, especially going forward, um, uh, uh, doing a separate feed on, on Patreon. So, um, so if you're if you're uh, wondering why wasn't the show this week on YouTube, but if you have thoughts on that, um, if you if that's a, if we're making a huge mistake, uh, nicegames.club/feedback. Yes, <laughs> actually, a very good point. I would like to hear if you uh, are just gung-ho about YouTube for some reason. Let mm-hmm. us know, because uh, that's important information. 
you know, we make we make decisions about the show and we have like audience metrics and download figures and we have some information to make these decisions. Yeah. But it's not as much information as we'd like. Yes. And so hearing from listeners on how you listen, what's valuable to you, what would convince you to support the show, mm-hmm. um, what's stopping you from supporting it now, um, though, that's information that we'd love to have. So please share it with us. Yeah. Um, those thoughts and any other you have. NiceGames.club slash feedback. Yes. What else is going on? We got interviews. We got interviews booked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to the end of the year, because that's a lot of interviews. But we have some coming up for the next like month or so um, yeah. that we're excited about. Max is still with us. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Still with us and alive. In all Both the senses ways. of the word. In all senses sense, yeah. of the word, He yeah. is with us. Yeah, yeah. Yes. helping us book the show. Uh, mm-hmm. This time last year, we were on the lookout for a... For a guest yeah, person. we were, and we found Max pretty quickly, and he's done well for us. Gosh, he's made our lives a lot easier. <laughs> a lot with these easier. bookings. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look forward to some some new interviews. Um, Ellen, you've been working with Max kind of closely uh, to like coordinate um, how we all work together. How has that been going? Yeah, I mean, we've been doing um, we've been doing a lot of like workflow improvements over the hiatus. So we reimagined our entire like booking spreadsheet where we write down, you know, names of people we'd like to have on the show. Yeah. Or, you know, I also just have over the years bookmarked about like 70 freaking interesting looking games on from Reddit. Yeah. I was like, I want to talk to the person who made this. I want to talk to the person who's making this. I want to talk to the person who's making this. And so I took the time, which took a lot more time actually. And then I expected it to, to go through and comb through all those saved posts and um, find, you know, initial contact, I guess, vectors yeah. mm-hmm. for us to to find some of those people and have them on the show. And so we have started working on that. And I've got to I've got to send some invites of my own and messages of my own. We're not putting it all on Max's shoulders, mm-hmm. but it's been super, super great to work with him on um, iterating on this process and then getting some of those messages out. And um, We've got some cool people lined up to be on the show. Yeah. 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 And uh, we can preview a little bit of that. Uh, Zach Barth from Zachtronics, a pretty big git. Mm-hmm. Um, Zachtronics just released their last game and winding down their studio. And that's a really interesting story. And we're going to try to see what we can get out of him from the game dev perspective. Because I think everyone loves behind the scenes game dev talk. Yeah. Um, but I think we, I want to see if we can dig a little deeper mm-hmm. and it's cool that, that, that we're going to have him on the show because a lot of, I mean, myself personally and a lot of folks listening, it, you know, we're either in the early or middle stages of our careers, Yeah. how to, you know, build these things. Yeah. And it's a different, whole different story as to how to wind them down and how to move on. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, whether it's a big successful thing you're, you're winding down or just time to move on to the next thing. Um, I think it will be valuable for our audience to hear. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and then we got some folks from uh, a game, Alpha Link. Uh, to, we're going to have them uh, next month to talk about a multiplayer on an indie budget, which yeah. is, I love the deep dive technical talks like that. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see how deep we get into it. But I think the on the indie budget is the sort of yeah. key differentiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, how do you make that work? How do you satisfy players? What, what's your scope? Uh, my mind is racing yeah. uh, for, for that episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm curious too. You know, uh, when we released Treasure Stack, you know that was on my multiplayer, and uh, I'm I'm curious what lines line up for them versus how we did it. Yeah, all this stuff is by degrees, right? Mm-hmm. You like you'll do a thing, and you're like, I still don't feel like I know everything. Yeah, about this topic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that and more interviews coming up. Yeah. Thank you again, Max. Um, are we going to GDC this year? 
Do we know yet? <laughs> it is an open question. It is an open question. Listeners, answer that for us. Don't answer that for us. Yeah, you want I, us to go. I was because looking at the notes for We're last year's winter break episode, and yeah. we had actually booked a room. Did we really? At this point. And so oh. I think we've been talking over hiatus of what are GD's plan. And just like last year, we weren't, aren't re- weren't really sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, for all the reasons that you wouldn't be sure. Yeah. Um, the show, it's expensive to attend. Even if we get press passes, um, it still costs to go. What's yeah. the value we get on it? What yeah. value can we provide to listeners? For yeah. The stuff we record there. Um, I was really happy with our shows we did last year, but that doesn't mean we should automatically decide to go. Right. I want to, mm-hmm. um, but there are things that make it sort of less appealing. Yeah. But yeah, by, by this time last year, we had already, we'd booked a room. But we weren't sure if we were going to go. Oh, because we booked a room that was really cheap, right? Yeah, yeah. and because of like of COVID things, yep. it was things were a little more uncertain yep. then. Um, I think things are a little bit more on track this time. But um, you know, COVID policy is still an issue with regards to transportation and at the show itself, mm-hmm. um, and sort of just making sure that those policies make sense for us as a group and as in, as individuals. Yeah, um, this is me really just giving us an excuse to have not decided yet. <laughs> Um, yeah well i mean am i am i am i leaning too hard on this uh this this uh justification no we i mean we haven't decided right and yeah. i think a lot of it is i don't know like the holidays come up and then boom gdc all of a sudden <laughs> uh it feels like uh or at least you gotta like it feels like you gotta start planning early because you know the later you wait the more expensive everything is if you decide to go right and because we don't have to pay for passes yeah that makes it a lot that, easier. and it's weird how that doesn't automatically make it a good Deal. right yeah <laughs> it's that's just it goes to show you how expensive gdc really is mm-hmm. um yeah 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 um so uh it kind of depends on like what, what i hear back from work um but like i don't know it gets it's still it's not i agree with you mark that we recorded some really cool interviews some really good content um yeah. podcast and if if for that only it was worth it was valuable we also met some cool people um, it was neat to go to a conference when you haven't gone to a con- a big conference in right, no, a few it, years. Because the show had been online only for two years. Yeah. And so there was a lot. Yeah, there were a lot more reasons to. I mean, you know, the game I'd worked on was mm. nominated for an IGF award. Yeah. Which is like main is not likely to ever happen again. Mm. And so, yeah. you nice to go, but I also have two other conferences that I really want to go to this year. Yeah. Right. Be in person for this year. Yeah. So. I'm talking about the Serious Games Conference. Which yeah, so the last couple of years, and you, it's you, when you talk about it in the show, it's always really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool. I mean, it's really great programming, and uh, I haven't gone in person, but I'd like to this year. It's out in yeah. Florida, um, okay. like the early summer, late spring, early summer, and then there's also the Games for Change Festival, which I think is in New York during July, which I'd like to make uh, this year as well. Okay, so that's that's a lot of conferences. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be doing as much like learning focused and training focused conferences in this role that I have done in past roles. Right. But I'm learning games design now. I should be going to the learning games design conferences. But as you, as you pointed out, Mark, when we were last talking about this a couple of days ago, you know, they have some of those, they have some really relevant talks at GDC for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always ancillary events that happen at the same time as GDC for different subsectors of the industry that's true and i believe there actually is something that would be up your alley so if i were going to go this year especially you know if it were something that my employer helped pay for right um i'd still want to do the interviews because if i'm going to use the press pass i'm going to use that um access responsibly and in good faith um but i also want to go to some talks yeah yeah so i'll look into it a little bit um and 
just kind of ignore the housing question for now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. I yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Well, speaking of things we may or may not go to. Yes. Um, there's some board game conventions in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's a whole season of them. Uh, two big ones that I am aware of, being somewhat an outsider to that part of the industry. Yeah. Origins and Gen Con. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we may want to go to one or both of those. Why might we? Because Glom will be there. Oh! <laughs> you can play Glom. Oh, you will be. You listener. Too. You right now listening to me. You can play Glom. <laughs> they, not not only can they play Glom. Yeah. They can buy a copy of you Glom. You can buy a copy of okay, Glom. Not now when you're listening to this No, no, no. Yeah, oh, well, no. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No. That was a big piece of news we got over the hiatus as our publisher yes. came to us yes. and said, hey, the, we have the, the proofs. That looks great. Yeah. Where they're now sh- printing them and shipping them, mm, and yep. like, well, okay, it was kind of a bit of a surprise. Yeah, like oh, re- ready? Because they'd always planned to release it during the summer, yes. during the convention season. Um, I think e- either to drum up um, some interest from those attendees, but also from distributors and board game, uh, or you know, the local friendly board game stores. And so we really weren't expecting much until the spring in terms of like it's literally a product you can hold in your hands. Right, right, right. But they're getting to that point now. And so, yes. uh, I mean, that, we sold Glom to like last year mm-hmm. and that was a big accomplishment for last mm-hmm. year. But it's sort of just been sitting around waiting for its time. It's definitely going to be at Origins. Yes. We, um, so it'd be nice to go there. Yeah, those ones are much easier sells because like they're not very far. Yeah, we can a- we can road trip and it's not a yep. crazy idea. Yeah, and, and they're only a couple of days uh, long or something like that. Yeah. So like you know it wouldn't be that expensive. You're not there for a whole week. Right, and you you don't run out of hotel rooms because there's always a Motel Six somewhere. Yep, I'm 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 excited to go to those. Yeah, it feels so not urgent. In, yeah. in a way that GDC does. Yes, <laughs> that's because GDC is like. Next month, and it needs, half. <laughs> it needs more planning in advance. It's coming yeah. up sooner. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah things for on sure. things, but yeah, very excited about Glom yeah. making its. And we'll see. It might, it might, you know, they might sell a couple of copies and be done with it. Mm-hmm. It might catch on, and it might, you know, live on for a long time. Oh, um, no way to know. No way to know. It's new to us. We've been really happy with the publisher, sort of like yeah. giving us giving us like a good set of expectations. Yeah, um, and sort of explaining the process to us. It's. I mean, it's different from any of our video game projects, which are the things that are unknown to us. Um, I feel very comfortable because someone's handling it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice. No, it's been really seamless, I thought. And hopefully, you know, you know, we'll keep doing nice game jams, and if something seems promising, then we might do it again. Well, mm. it's funny you say that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Is it funny? <laughs> what do you mean, Mark? <laughs> like you didn't plan this transition. We're working on Dogpile. We've been working on Dogpile yeah. over our winter break. Um, and it's come into a place where we're quite satisfied with it. I can see the cards that we have. There were some like darkest before the dawn moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Darkest so before the dog. We spent a hiatus a couple of years ago working on Roboston. Yes. Which was actually the first of our nice games jams we decided to expand upon. Yeah. Uh, oh, how innocent we were then. Yeah. Um, we spent a lot of time working on Roboston. We did. And, um, and we haven't worked on it since. Yeah. And I don't really regret that. Nope. Um, yeah. Partly because Glom came along immediately afterward. Yes, <laughs> to that's right. Capture our attention. Um, Dogpile. We we wanted. To, we did two episodes of Do- Dogpile. Mm-hmm. Then it, over hiatus, we said, you know what? If we have time, we'll poke around at Dogpile. Yeah. It seems too good an idea to give up, and it'd be nice to get that in front of um, uh, some folks if we do go to conventions and to actually maybe try to do more than one of these. Uh, at, at, you know, not make it just a novelty that we made a card game. Yeah. And uh, we ended up. 
really making progress on the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am really happy with where it's at. Yeah. In a way that, like, I wasn't sure. And I, after the first two times we started monkeying with it, like, okay, we're making progress. I feel good. I don't know if we'll get there by the end of hiatus. And then I kind of think we did. It's, oh, not, yeah. it's not done. All of the big things that were problems, big blockers for its sort of success conceptually, um, certainly it, it, to get it into a pitchable state. Yeah. We got through every one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It, it stands on its own now. You know, yeah. it's sometimes when you're playtesting something and as you're iterating from nothing to something, you feel like you're kind of making a tower out of things. But like if there's like some of the legs are shorter than the other legs, so you have to like hold up one part of the tower while you're fixing this other part. Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, okay, time to fix this leg. And then you make that leg maybe a little too long. It's tilting the other way. And you got to uh, hold up the other side and you make some adjustments. And then finally you get to a point where it can just like stay on its own. And you step back from it and you're like, oh, is this it? And then someone like jumps up and down on the floor a little bit to try to shake it and it doesn't go anywhere. And you're like, well, wait a second. Yeah. This is, this is a game now. And then like you work on polishing it up and we're at the point where we like, we balanced everything out and we, uh-huh. we, you know, jumped on the floor and tried to knock it over a bit. Yep. Yep. Maybe even shook the table. <laughs> and now we're going to, we're going to, you know, polish it and make it more and more stable and prettier. Yeah. But it definitely stands on its own now, I think. Yeah. And uh, Dale's helping us out like she did with Glom. Yes. Um, and that's been really, really good. And I think what's been the most satisfying in this process is that all four of us have gotten to have a little Eureka moment. Yeah. Which is like neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're all equal partners on this, so it doesn't really matter. But it's been really fun to see each one of us be able to like, oh, that problem that's been vexing us that we couldn't, that we just couldn't imagine solving, here's the solution. Yeah. Um, and I think the last one was one of yours, Ellen, that really just cracked it, made it finally stable, mm. to use your metaphor. <laughs> and I think to, to maybe depart from it a little bit is, this is the darkest before the dawn that I was kind of mentioning. Mm. So we're knee deep in metaphors now, which is itself a <laughs> metaphor. But the, none of them are football metaphors, so right. we're okay. <laughs> Listener, you hear about that next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was like okay, you know what? This is this is good. It's it was it was fun always. Yeah. But like it, like would it survive multiple playthroughs? Would people see through it mm. in a way? And there were some things like oh, there's some fundamental flaws here. And then Ellen, you were like, well, what if we look at it this way? And it didn't really change anything. It was more of a presentational thing. Yeah. But it suddenly was like, oh, every problem is solved. Mm. I know this will work. I'm 100 percent confident. Yeah. And it, it didn't need anyone to jump up and down to test it. Like when you, when you made that tweak, it was like oh. We got it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it was like, I don't know if either of you saw that or if you, when you were making that suggestion, knew that's what you were doing. But I'm like, okay, we, we did it. And I think all the other little like Eurekas we had up to that felt a little bit more like what you were describing, which is like, okay, we're making progress. Let's test it. Yes, it is as good as I thought it was. And then we move on. Mm. But I think that last little breakthrough, we get it to the state it's in now. Um, I just had supreme confidence in it when it, when it came out on, on the table. It's just, it's funny that you say it. It's like, I must not have been communicating well leading up to that point because it's like, I feel like that's how I envisioned the game for a while. I just never oh. articulated it. Uh, like, I just kind of felt like that's where we were going to end up. Yeah. I mean, to let listeners in, it's about the scoring process. Yeah. And we had made a couple of changes to take that. I guess where, where it is now is kind of where it started. Mm-hmm. But we had taken it away because it was incompatible with some other new ideas we had that we were, that we thought were better. What ended up happening, I think, is you just sort of quickly proved that it wasn't incompatible after all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, with the sort of the new progress we had made. And I, I kind of validated our earlier instincts. But also we needed you to make that, even though you didn't see it as a, as a big change, I think we needed that to happen for us to realize that, oh, right, we can just, now that it's in a place now where it's safe to 
to bring it back home. Yeah. Um, to continue the metaphor, we've <laughs> we've stabilized all the other walls. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you have to take off the pointy roof for a while. Yeah. And then you stabilize everything, and then you got to put the pointy roof back on. Mm-hmm. Right. And you weren't thinking about that pointy roof the whole time, and then you're like, oh, it actually is perfect for this. It ties the whole thing together. Right. <laughs> the pointy roof. Well, I'd say we've broken the metaphor completely. Yep. But um, hopefully, uh, Dogpile <laughs> will catch the attention of somebody, and we'll yeah. be talking about it the way we're talking about Glom now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Oh, how exciting would that be? All right, we talked about it on the show a little bit before. Yeah. But uh, we got new content on Patreon. If you hate ads. Yes. But you love this show. Yes. You can sign up. Patreon.com slash Nice Games Club. Get ad-free episodes. This episode right now, you probably heard an ad. Maybe if you weren't listening to it on Patreon. If you are listening to it on Patreon, thanks. Then you heard an ad at, at some point. And it's very frustrating, right? Because you're like in the zone. You're hearing us talking. It's a nice, smooth... Well, we don't. We don't want to. I mean, it's still a good experience with the with the ads. You're right. You're right. Let's not completely oversell it. Yeah. But if you want those ads gone to your life, <laughs> <laughs> this is your opportunity right now. Yes. Yes. Um, it does put us in a pickle, right? Yeah. Both versions are correct. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Like we said at the top of the show, I think it'd be nice to provide that ad-free experience, and we yes. can now. Yes. Yes. Okay. That that is a good point, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you gotta you kind of have to lay it on thick because we're advertising. Yes, there are there are two ways to listen to the show, but one way is ad free, and you can get that on Patreon.com. Do. Why do I always end up at the top of these bulleted lists, you guys? Um, Stephen. Alphabetically. Y- y- yep. No. No, it's not alphabetical. That I work. would be last then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This order's different from the previous. Whatever, Ellen. Just yeah, go first. Not from my perspective. Fine. I, you want me to go? No, I got it. All right. Well, then. <laughs> I have to complain about something. Yeah. Um, okay. So the, the title of this segment is What Each of Us Did on Winter Break. Yeah. Talk, talk about the show, but that's old news now. Right. What did we each get done? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We were doing dogpile and spreadsheets and website stuff. Right, right, yeah. But forget show, Ellen. You're right. Okay, we're not talking about the show. We're talking about stuff that's not show. I played games. That's what I did. Nice. Um, so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I played, uh, I talked about this in more depth next week for the nicest of 2022, but I played Banner Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished it. Mm-hmm. And then I also played Death Drives a Bus. Yeah, by our local developer Ben Burns. Yeah. Very own Ben Burns, no relation, which was adorable. I love that game so much. Yeah, um, it was so cute. I just was like, you know, it, I had it on the Steam Deck, of course, because that's what I do. And it was just—it's called Death Drives a Bus. But it's a got, good name. You got to just like set the death side apart and talk about the fact that it's death driving a bus, right? Because right. then you understand how you can just wrap yourself up in a blanket on the couch or in your bed with your dog on your feet. And your coffee or your hot chocolate next to you in the middle of December or the beginning of January, and you just go like, <laughs> and you're just picking up souls and dropping them in hell. Yep, <laughs> it's just a great. Well, you, it's uh, some go to heaven, some go to hell. I mean, it depends on how you play it. <laughs> well, it's just so great to get them to heaven, but it's just so much fun to drop them in hell, right? You know, all this, all the souls ended up in the right places. Well, I don't want to spoil things too much, but skip ahead thirty seconds if you don't want spoilers. Um, some of the souls can go in either heaven or hell, and I tried to get everyone in heaven. I really did. Ah. So, just saying. Spoiler free from here on out. 
Um, I also played a little mobile game called Agent A. I haven't finished it. It's like a point and click puzzle adventure game. Mm-hmm. There are lots of those on, you know, on Android, and um, some of them are really, really fun. Some of them are really good. And once in a while, I'll pick one up when I'm not playing Flappy Dragon, I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it, and it made lots of houseplant jokes, with that, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Um, a couple other games I played. I played the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition. Yeah. Which was hilarious. <laughs> Very much like that. I had never played the original. Oh, really? No, I jumped right into the Ultra Deluxe. Oh, okay. So I did watch some streams afterwards, like some some recordings of people who would... I mean, they made it pretty obvious, like when you got to the content that was like the extra content. Right. Um, but really delightful game and hilarious, hilarious stuff in the Ultra Deluxe section. So if you like, if you played the original and you liked the original, probably like the Ultra Deluxe stuff as well. Yeah. And but even if you didn't, you're still gonna have fun. If you like video games, you will like the Stanley Parable. That's a good testimony because I think the thing about the Stanley Parable is that it's come out in various different versions and it's so enormously meta yeah. that each version refers to the last version. Yeah. And like it's just it's a it's eating its own tail all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite a positive testimonial that you not having any of that, right. just it still worked for you. Yeah, oh it still worked. Absolutely. I mean it was just so it's just so delightfully self referential and yeah. It knows his audience, and I had a lot of fun with it. Meanwhile, I played the original demo, and I was like, okay, I get the idea. And then I've never been interested in any of the other versions, but now I'm actually kind of like, oh, maybe I'm being hard-hearted about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I played the second one or yeah. whatever, the, when they updated it or whatever, sure. they made mm-hmm. new stuff. Um, and like, I played that a bunch, and uh, I got a, I enjoyed it, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, there's like a lot of this. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. felt like I got my fill of this. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right. I bounced. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it was funny. It was worth my time, but it's just it was just the same kind of thing. I think. Yeah. Me. Well, I think you play it until you're satisfied with it. Yeah. yeah. And totally. and the the more you play it to get com- to get it, the more you take a completionist aspect to it, the yeah. more the game makes fun of you. Yeah. Right. Which I also adore. <laughs> so. I don't know. It's just so great. Like <laughs> you, you're, you do the opposite of what the guy is telling you, and of course you're doing the opposite of what the guy is telling you. That's what all the players do. Mm. None of the players do what he says. Like you're not that clever. <laughs> you're not that original. <laughs> Go fall in a hole. Like such a great. Yeah. I mean, it is fun. kind of a game designer's game. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because it's very meta and, and about about player choice and agency. Yep. Yep. And yep. that works. You don't need to be a game designer to appreciate that kind of right. irony. Uh, think about all the movies that are about movies, mm. but I guess it has a special relevance to game design. Yeah, I feel like I'll always be able to. If I always need to take myself down a peg, I'll just play the Stanley Parable <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and get teased by the narrator. And then the last one that I picked up, I just, so I, I think I mentioned I mentioned it next week's show, which we already recorded tonight. But I downloaded um, Hellblade: Colon Senwa's Sacrifice. That's the sequel, right? No, that's the no, first. That's, game. that's the first okay. game. The sequel. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I've downloaded that, but. I haven't started it yet, so that's next on my list. The one that I'm currently playing is You Suck at Parking, mm-hmm. which is a game that we played at, I think, the Swiss Games Demo mm-hmm. at GDC last year. Right. And it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's It really reminds me, you remember that episode we did, I think it was last year, we talked about jank, like yeah. things that are just the right yeah, level of jank. Yeah. yeah. It really reminded me of that episode. Because mm. actually, the, the controls on the cars are really tight, and you have a lot of control over the car, but like... In the context of the puzzle, it's just wacky. Yeah, and, yeah. And just, yeah, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm just doing, I'm not doing the multi, like the the PvP or whatever online. Yeah. I'm not doing anything competitive. I'm just playing through the campaign right now. 
and it's still really fun. So I might end up doing some of the online PvP stuff. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It's not typical for me, but it's a game where I don't mind being bad at it. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a whole genre in a sense that it, it, it's sort of cross genre category of funny puzzle. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like it's it's hard to say no to that. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah, funny puzzle. And then I played some games with my dogs, um, which we talked about last year at some episode. It was a nice thinking. You, we were brainstorming. Yeah, it. games you right. play with your dogs. Yep. Yeah. So Dante, who's the smaller, older dog, he's learning tray ball, which is push ball. I think I talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. You teach him to like herd. It's called urban herding, so you don't have sheep in a city usually. Mm-hmm. Um, not usually. Not usually. <laughs> and he's a cattle dog. You definitely don't have cows in the city usually. Mm, yeah. You do have Pilates balls. And so the whole idea is you work your way up from getting the dog to just push one ball to getting the dog to be able to herd a whole field full of Pilates balls into like a, a soccer goal. And so we're working on that. It's cold outside, not great terrain, yeah, um, not great working conditions yeah. for that. But we can take a single or maybe two Pilates balls around the basement. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've been doing. We've worked our way from being able to push the ball from inside the bedroom all the way to the bathroom. Mm. Um, he really likes it. And then I've been doing scent tracking games with other dog, Pixel, mm-hmm. who's the big dog, the big younger dog. You get, you get like a special um, essential oil scent that you only use for that. So you're like not making, you're not making like good smelling candles or anything out of this oil. This oil is only used for scent tracking. And so I've got like some sweet birch oil mm-hmm. and you put a little, a little cotton ball. Put a little oil on the cotton ball and you put it in a tiny little Tupperware. You poke a little hole in the Tupperware and then you like teach her to find it around the house. Ah, okay. So that's what we've been working on. It's like, okay, here's like a whole selection of Tupperware. You need to find the one that has a cotton ball in it. And then you sit, you like poke it with your nose. She pokes it with her nose and she sits down by it and she looks at me and she gets a treat. So those are the games I've been playing with my dogs. Push the ball and find the, find the cotton ball. And uh, it's delightful. It's super fun. <laughs> super fun. Cool. Um, this is not this is not the episode about playing games with your dogs, but I think there's something really great about getting into a place where you can play with a creature that isn't a human. Yeah. Because it, it kind of reminds you like what the core of play is. Mm, yeah. So kind of gets me out of my own head and just kind of right into the like the worldly mechanics of play. Mm-hmm. Um and then I went to the gym and started running again. So that's that's my break. Nice. Getting swole. Getting, <laughs> getting swole, getting fast. I'm not fast. I'm not swole, but getting there. Hey. Yeah. Check. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Let's write that down for 2023. Yeah. Did, did you get swole? <laughs> did you get fast? <laughs> That's uh, me. All right. I guess I'm next on the list because I made this list. I watched a lot of movies. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Mark. You were looking at this list and you're like, I don't recognize any of these. Not movies. a single one of these. That's wild. Well, I you were like, you were like this movie called Duel, and I was like, oh right, the the movie that Steven Spielberg made about a car, <laughs> like a, that runaway car or something. I maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but that's not what you were talking no, about. No, no. So I haven't heard of any of these movies. Oh, huh, okay, okay. That's yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, a lot of these are um like small very small movies that just showed up on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, okay, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a kind of interesting premise. Um, and it's been, it's been nice to like get back into movies again. I used to watch movies and TV shows all the time before pandemic stuff happened. And then pandemic happened and I lost that. I think part of it was like, 
people weren't wearing masks in the movies or the shows. And I was like, you got to wear masks. (laughs) And you don't because it was in 2016 or whatever. so interesting because a lot of people have the opposite reaction. They watched more than they ever had. Oh, yeah. Being locked away. Huh. Yeah. Um, But you couldn't you couldn't make that conceptual leap. You were like, yeah, I I totally understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's common. Yeah, I, I, uh, it was uh, one show I watched over the pandemic was called, it's called Superstore. Um, and that show, you know, it takes place in a superstore. Right. Um, and that was, that show was interesting because everybody was wearing masks during, you know, yeah. uh, during that like time. a network sitcom usually yeah. has the lo- lo- shortest lead time between filming and airing. Yeah. So they can be more timely. Yeah. And so they probably had to. Well, right? like just in order for the show to remain realistic. Yeah, well, exactly, right? And that that show is a little grounded in it, in the yeah. way that it works, so it made sense that they would do that. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I fell off of it, and I, I can't. I came back to it, um, so I'm gonna go over a bunch of the movies I watched. It's not an exhaustive list because I watched a lot of movies and I don't remember them. Okay, all. you've got your list, but you got to do name how many out of four stars. Oh gosh, I gotta rank them. Yeah, so that people can go watch it and they can decide if they want to argue with you about it. Or not. <laughs> Nicegames.club slash feedback. Yep. Uh, all right. So Duel is a movie about um, a woman who clones herself because she's about to die, but then it turns out she's not about to die, so now she has to fight her clone to the death. So it's a double meaning, duel and duel. And... Uh, she is about to die. <laughs> <laughs> that, that on the poster? <laughs> <laughs> they should have put that on the poster. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a black comedy thing. Like, it's an interesting movie. Um, I liked it. I would give it three out of four stars, I guess. Um, Shark Stick is about a woman who's going through a sexual awakening, um, and stuff happens. She like gets in an affair with her uh boss. Um, it's weird. It's a good movie. I liked it. Um, three stars. Yeah, sure, three stars. Um, <laughs> uh, All My Friends Hate Me is about this guy who goes to, um. Uh, a party that his friends are throwing. He hasn't seen these friends in several years. Um, and he thinks that his friends hate him um, because stuff happens. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, three stars. Out of five? It's out of four. Oh, three Mark's out of four out stars. Of, okay. Three out of four, yeah. What a weird number to go with, Mark. That's, not, that's, that's pretty common for yeah, movies. Yeah, for movies, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Who picks four when we got these like multi- right. five fingers right here? Not everyone's Uber. Like I think that I think that five stars have become more common. Yes. For ranking products. But yeah, Mark's mm-hmm. right. But for movie reviewers, it's like always been four stars. Mm-hmm. All right, I better make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seven Days is about um these two uh people who were like uh trying to get into an arranged marriage. Her parents are trying to get them into an arranged marriage. Um, and then they go on a date and they don't like each other. But then the pandemic happens and they're stuck together for seven days. Hey, um, cute. Yeah, it's cute. Um, it was good. It was like, I don't know. It's it's good. It's just it's, it's, it's too cute. That's a weird way of phrasing it. <laughs> I don't know sense. that that's accurate, but I give it like two stars. Okay, two and a half. Oh, half. a rare two stars from Steven. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to do a half of a star. Okay, well, keyboard. just just stick with two. Okay. Um, the drop. It's about um these people who oh uh they were going to their friend's um wedding and they accidentally dropped the 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 married couple's um baby <laughs> wow. he's okay baby's okay <laughs> survives and everything but like you know it's a lot of like what happens it's the that. social awkwardness i actually yep. have heard of that movie. aha i got him all right um i'd give it two stars oh nuts <laughs> You might like it. I would give. Yeah. I would. I would watch it. There's a similar movie where it's a story of like. Uh, it starts out. There's like an avalanche at a ski resort, mm. 
and I think it I think it's Will Ferrell's in it or something. And okay, on, on like the on a home movie, you see him cowardly uh, running away, yeah, only to realize that the avalanche wasn't going to kill everybody. Oh, so now he has to deal with his family, <laughs> thinking that he was going to abandon them. And it's sort of I mean, there's something almost relatable about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. the same On both sides of that, yeah. Um, I haven't seen that movie, but this similar kind of premise. That sounds like I would like that movie a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, I wish uh, I remember the name of that one. I'm yeah. being very unhelpful. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like basically all of these characters, most of the characters in this movie you would like um, in real life. <laughs> um, oh. And that's part of the humor. Sure. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, Darby and the Dead is about this um, high schooler who can talk to the dead. And then uh, a high schooler that she used to be friends with ends up dying. And then they end up making a bond um it was fun i'd give it three stars it's not a very good description i guess <laughs> i think a lot of your star ratings are really tied to your expectations like yeah. like eh, seems kind of interesting whatever yeah three stars. well because well, some of these like okay so like the drop i had seen previews of and stuff yeah. and i was like oh this seems like it would be pretty good right and then i watched it didn't it. quite meet your yeah yeah fair enough um whereas duel actually i had heard about that movie beforehand um and it, and it you know it actually exceeded my expectations because I watched the movie that the director had made before called um what did I say it was uh, uh the art of self defense mm-hmm. um and I didn't like that movie that much it was it was like weird um but this movie was weird but like differently I don't know it's weird in the same way yeah. but different because it was in a different setting I think and so it, it took to me better I think um yeah anyways uh next movie sex appeal um it's about this high schooler who makes an app about how to have sex in high school. <laughs> it's funny. I give it three stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, we broke up. Is about this couple that breaks up right before one of the one of the the, the people in the couple's uh, sisters is about to get married. So they go to the wedding, um, acting like they're in a couple. Right. Um, Very really classic awkward. sitcom premise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I really like this movie. I give it four stars. Ooh. Ooh. Um. Yeah, it was really it was good. Um, I thought that it uh, it, it had a, it had a good message. It had a, oh, an interesting message that I feel like isn't in a lot of movies. Hmm. Um, in a good way. So yeah, I would I would recommend it. Um, a lot of these movies aren't very long either. So like you know, give them a shot. Uh, Mark, Mary, and some other people is another movie I watched about uh, a newlywed couple who tried to open up their relationship. Um, it was okay. Two stars. Um, I think a movie like that needs a point of view. Yeah. And I could see it ending without a point of view. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was my frustration. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. It's the kind of thing you were like, well, it's like people are going to have different opinions. We better not rile any of those up. Yeah. Well, it, it had a point of view, but then it yeah, it, it did and didn't. I don't yeah. know. And the way that it concluded was kind of frustrating. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, another movie I watched called is called Single All the Way, where this guy... Um, gets his best friend to pretend that those two those two are in a couple um and then they go to uh, Chris, this this guy's christmas family together thing yeah. then they find then they find out that they're in love um it's just really cute uh, they're like an older like a christmas movie from not too like from a ways ago but not too far away like too long ago to make me feel old called jingle all the way yes, yes and this okay is jingle all the way filmed uh, a lot of its scenes at the mall of america yes uh, here in the Twin Cities, and I remember I was at the mall when they were filming one of these scenes. Wow! And it, when I was a very young—I mean, this was ninety-four or five or something. Yeah, not too long ago. Right, not too long ago. 
No, it was only yesterday. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I, but I was a very young kid at the time, and I remember that was the first like brush with like, oh my god, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, oh like, yeah. You know, six hundred yards down the prom- the uh, the uh, rotunda or whatever. Yeah. And I, I just had that distinct memory of they filmed it on we were at the mall for my sister's birthday in May, mm-hmm. and it it was a weird thing. I was like, oh, they're filming a Christmas movie, but it's May. That's so strange. Like yeah. realizing yeah, right. the sort of like obviousness of that yeah was sort of a thing that i'd never thought of before as a kid yeah um and i hadn't really had any aspirations to make movies at that time yet and so it was just learning that sort of the interest in behind the scenes stuff yeah that's anyway that's that movie this movie presumably is meant for because that's like a, a lyric from a song but i think people know that phrase from that movie yeah um yeah yeah i i mean it i i think that the the the, the movie ends with like the some song that they made up that's called single all the way or something like that okay um so um but it was more to it than that yeah (laughs) but it was a it was a really cute movie yeah um it's fun uh if you like holiday romantic comedies if you like romantic comedies i think you'd like this movie Mm -hmm. so i would give it three stars most of these things i gave three stars or two stars i didn't give any one stars i do have a one star that i remember i watched but i don't remember the name of it the people need to hear it though um what was the name of the movie uh oh it's called sex sex guaranteed not a good movie did not like it uh because it's like one of it's kind of like a, a college humor sort of thing yeah but like with adults and it's not eh. I don't know. okay yeah so one star there you go what's this one titled probably some more i can't remember that's the um that's i don't have i can't remember all of the movies that i <laughs> so that's that um there's probably more movies out there uh-huh. um if if Actually, listen, if you have a recommendation that's not a horror movie, because I will not watch a horror movie, um, or I mean, I probably will, but I, I'm not going to let my listeners make me do it. Um, <laughs> tell me <laughs> if I should watch a movie, and I can like review it really quickly on the show like I did today, Yeah, because um, I like watching movies. I love your movie reviews. <laughs> it's yeah? everything you need to know. Yeah. And like, when you give it a, a you, when you give it almost everything three stars, it kind of like frees me up to being like, okay, I'm going to just put that through the lens of what I like about movies. And then I'll have a general good idea of whether I like it or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, we should do this as a regular segment. Yeah, yeah. Let me know, and I'll, I'll take an hour and a half to watch a crappy movie or a not crappy movie. Let me know. S- tell Stephen what movies to watch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then he'll watch them and yeah. report back. As long as I can access them somehow without too much money. Oh, there were some movies I watched this over, over the weekend that I'm not going to remember the names of. So <laughs> never mind. So, so more content on Stephen's reviews. Well, you know what? Let's <laughs> yeah. put that on Patreon. Yeah, Stephen's. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. We have to come up with a better name, though. Uh, Steven's Movie Reviews? Steven's... I kind of don't think we have to. Yeah, that seems good. Okay, all right, I'm good. Steven's Movie Reviews. Sold. Yeah. You didn't have to argue so hard, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) The the blasé-ness of it, I think, appeals to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's no nonsense. It's what it is. Take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So that's what I've done. All right. What did I do over break? Um, so the thing I've actually kind of very recently mm-hmm. is uh, I got a big raise at work. Oh. And so that's just the funny phrase. But really what it is is <laughs> working on Dream Settler and uh, the arrangement I've been I've had with the uh, other developers and with the publisher mm-hmm. is that I get paid quarterly. A, a sort of it's not a lot of money. Yeah. And then I have a small percentage in the game. Yeah. Okay. And we've been working on the game for about a year and a half. Yeah. And throughout this past year i've really stepped up sort of managing a lot of the game and like and and so it's kind of been a conversation that's long coming and i, I did want to talk about it on the show even though it's a sort of sensitive topic we uh i was offered a, a um 
like a higher percentage. Just like, hey, do you want more money? Okay. And I was like, oh, that's great. But it actually started a conversation about what I was to this project in a way that would just, for a team of three people, and there's there's the publisher, but the three of us are just independent developers. There's, yeah. no, there's no studio company involved. It's, it's very ad hoc mm-hmm. in a way that indie is very frequently. But um, at this point, level of a game that is anticipated is usually there's usually at least an llc behind it right yeah Hmm. we've kind of avoided some of these questions and i've always tried to make sure that like i didn't let that go on too long and we've revised things over over time anyway i'm kind of being very mumbly mouthed about it but um we sort of resolved like oh what's actually happening here is that you you are a co-owner of this project so let's just make that official yeah and so that is what we're doing going forward it's kind of i felt that way a lot but i've also been very I've always felt myself very fortunate to have found this team to be on. Yeah. So I was very grateful for whatever. And a lot of like the extra work I'd been doing for it has been I, with eyes open, like sure. knowing that like my arrangement is, you know, uh, I'm, I'm getting a fee and a little bit of, of the, of a cut. Yeah. And so I can't like anything. If I work any more than that's worth, that's on me. Mm. Um, and I've tried to rein that in when I can, mm-hmm. but I think that's hard for me. <laughs> and and ultimately, they the uh, uh, Mike and Jay were like, we want you to do more of that. So why don't we just why don't we just all own this thing officially? And then we've oh. kind of been operating in that, under that assumption, kind of unspoken for a little while. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about it on the show because it is something that I think um, it it could have easily kind of gone by because yeah. truly I felt like I'm, I was lucky to be in the position I was in mm-hmm. and not interested in demanding more by, by imposition. Yeah. Right. Like it's one thing when someone asks you to do more work and you're silent about compensation. Yeah. I, I, in, I've been in situations where I, I like, I will, I will not let that happen anymore. Like that's, I've learned, I've gotten that out of my system Yeah. Uh, as a young freelancer. Like that's, I'm very good about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it was very much me just offering more and bringing more to the project. And in exchange for what, for me, was really just creative satisfaction. Yeah. And But again, eyes open, knowing what it was. Right. And so we just uh, we just had the conversation finally. Yeah. Um, which has been great. So the 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 in my mind, I'm just like, I got a big raise at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So the but, but what that means now is that I am now committed to dreams that are full time. Ah. Um, which is a little bit of a bummer because it means that like the time that I've been trying to scrape away to work on my Playdate engine, uh, some of the switch ports that I've been working on uh, last year, I can't quite, I can't fully devote days to that anymore. Ah, um, okay, yeah. I mean, I can, I can squeeze out time. Uh, uh, my schedule is still pretty flexible as these things go. But I think now that I'm, I've been sort of granted this this sort of part equal partnership in the project, I feel like, well, I do feel like I actually owe more now than I did. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I want to make sure that I'm true to that. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but it also sort of lets me off the hook a little bit for like getting progress done on some of these other projects mm-hmm. um, because my time is going to be, is very well spent. Yeah. Um, but I do, I have some mixed feelings about it. I was really, people have been using my Playdate engine. They've been releasing games with it. And there's still some pull requests in the queue, and I yeah. just like I feel like I can't commit the time to it that it that it that it, it deserves. Sure. Um, and so again, some mixed feelings. But that's that was a big thing that happened over the break. Um, so that uh, but you guys talked about playing games and, and watching movies. The one fun thing I did 
in that neighborhood is I rewatched all of Doctor Who. Oh, the you watched all of it? And when I say all of Doctor Who, I'm talking from 2005 to now. No, oh, yeah. I'm not talking about 1963 to now. Right. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> does it hold up? It it does. Okay. Um, It's a good show. I think the thing that I like about Doctor Who, and one of the reasons I did a rewatch, mm. is I have this book called The Writer's Tale. Yeah. It's a 700-page email correspondence between Russell T. Davies, the head writer on, on the first couple years of the Doctor Who revival, mm. and Benjamin Cook, who was a, a sort of entertainment reporter. He worked for Doctor Who magazine, so a very cozy relationship with the Doctor Who production. Okay. So they started this correspondence that started out like, let's make it, let's do a, an article idea, like the, the, the making of an episode. Tell us where you get your ideas from, how you do production meetings, and we'll just do that for one episode and we'll track the progress. And what ended up happening is they just kept emailing each other yeah, wow. uh, back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so it's this real-time account of the fourth series and uh, um, the a year of, of special episodes from 2009, 2010, uh, w- the last years of Russell T. Davies' tenure on the show. Mm. And um, that book, reading, reading that book as I was watching the episode, I've read this book before, but it was a revisit for me, just like the show. And um, I'm kind of talking out of order because a lot of things about it were really fascinating for me. Like, I'm a big Star Trek fan. I'll rewatch Star Trek all day and all night. But Doctor Who is something that I love, but I never go back to. Mm, yeah, um, okay. It's, you know, it's not my home base. I became yeah. a fan as an adult. Sure. And so that's, it doesn't quite have the same space in my life. Yeah. Um, but um, I really like the philosophy that, um, you know, like a lot of franchises, it sort of like moves in and out of different people's hands. Mm-hmm. But I very much a big admirer of Russell T. Davies as a writer and the, as a as a sort of a um, as a sci-fi storyteller. Um, that sort of that you know the, the the morality plays, the metaphors, that kind of thing that Star Trek trades in so well. Yeah. Um, I think Doctor Who is the British version of that. Has always done good of that. But I think he brought a consistency to it, a, a specific philosophy that the show didn't have before necessarily. Um, that um, also is not required for like the, that. It changed after he left, mm. and that's fine. But I was I really admired him as a writer and how he could do all these different crazy like anthology ideas to sort of talk you know move forward at this this concept. Yeah. Um, which really the whole p- point of Doctor Who is like you know um, uh, is just is is about uh, kindness, yeah. and that yeah. that's that that's its core, and it's fuzzier than like the philosophy of Star Trek, mm. which is a little bit more specific. Yeah. Um, but it's this idea of, um, of like the doctor doesn't carry weapons in in crazy situations where it's impractical for him not to carry weapons, mm-hmm. and the story therefore has plot holes because of that. Yeah. But they stay true to that because it's important that the doctor is not. He's a he's an adventurer. He blows up alien spaceships. Yeah. It's it's all the same things that other sci-fi action shows do, but at the same time, it insists to its audience of many of whom are children that a hero isn't a fighter. Yeah. And I think that's a really, really positive concept. And it's, it's yeah. pushed really hard in the modern incarnation of Doctor Who. Mm. Um, and so uh, it was really fun to rewatch all of those, all my favorite seasons, my favorite companions and all that stuff. And the ones I didn't love so much, but seeing them again and, re- and saying, oh, it's actually not as bad as I thought. Or, oh, I'm seeing something new in it. Or yeah. I get what the writer was going for this time. And then along with reading this, this, this tome just about writing. And it really reawakened in me like the sort of filmmaker brain. And it it's a little bit tragic because I immediately realized I'm just not going to have time in my life to like, uh, I'm never going to direct a feature film. But it's that's an aspiration I had for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I have another career now. 
and I'm having some success in that other career and I'm very ha satisfied with that. Yeah. But reading through this, like I really would love to just write a 60 page script again. Mm. Like I'd love to be able to do that. And I just don't know that I ever will be able to. Mm. And so I'm sort of like vicariously living through this experience, like reading about that thing. So it's a little bittersweet. Um, but I, that's what I did during the break. I watched a ton of Doctor Who. I got all the way through to the last series, the most recent series, the specials with Jodie Whittaker um, uh, uh, regenerating into David Tennant again, right. which is fun because okay. <laughs> Russell T. Davies is coming back to the show. Yeah. He's going to be writing the next couple seasons. So that also was part of the impetus. I didn't know that episode was out already. Yeah, it came. It was part. It was a centennial. It was the BBC 100 anniversary special. So oh. it was October, or November, or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah. I really love Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. I thought I wish she was only on the show for two and a half years. Yeah. I think she could have done a little bit more. Um, I really like. I think um, fans have a, a a mixed opinion, not because she's a woman, which is sort of a you know headline grabbing reason for her as the Doctor. But because the the head writer of that era, Chris Chibnall, had a very different style of writing. Yeah, mm. uh, he he was the showrunner of uh, Broadchurch. If anyone remembers that show, yeah, which David Tennant was on. Good, and good. It's show. yeah, and he brought a lot of those sensibilities. And so there's uh, those those years are less sci-fi. And the first series that Jodie Whittaker did with Chris Neville as the as the head writer um, had no other classic monsters. Mm. Lots of smaller stories. Really heavy focus on the on the 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 um, companion characters and their relationships. Yeah, mm. in a way that like I it was such a great change of pace, very refreshing. The, the thing about Doctor Who that's great is it can be something different every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next year it was like Daleks and Cybermen every episode. Oh. It was kind of a weird whiplashy kind of effect. Yeah. Um, but I really I I liked those years a lot. I think they were they were needed for the show to like mix up what it could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But I'm also very excited to have Russell T Davies back because he was my favorite of the showrunners on the show. Yeah. And brought the most to it that I'm really excited about. And David Tennant is just very fun mm. fanboy twee to see him back in in the in the role mm -hmm. for a weird bizarre sci-fi reason that will surely make no sense at all. Yeah. Um. But more than that, Catherine Tate is coming back. She was my favorite companion on the yeah, show. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, Donna's the best, and I'll accept no argument. Agreed. <laughs> Um, okay, so my favorite episode of Doctor Who yeah. is Midnight. I think ah. that's the one. It's a, that's the one where he's stuck on You the... don't like scary movies though. That is like a thriller. It is. I didn't find it that scary. I, in general, Doctor Who isn't that like scary. Even it's, it has It's for kids. It's yeah. scary for kids. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so like I'm 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 not I don't like the horror aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I what I really liked about that episode, at least from what I remember, because it's been years since I've seen it. Well, I just um, watched it, so I can tell you. Exactly. I want to know. <laughs> uh, um, what I really liked about that episode is it challenged a lot of the ideas of the Doctor. Yeah. Um, in ways that I found very fascinating. Yes. Um, and does it still do that? Did yes. Do have to hold back? So the thing about the Doctor is he yes. doesn't carry a gun. Yes. Words are his weapon. Yes. And the, the, sometimes it'll be referenced obliquely or even literally. Like an enemy will say, don't let him talk. Yeah. That's how he gets out of these scrapes. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a funny thing because it's also it's also not very realistic. Yeah. But it's a, it's a it's it's part of the philosophy of the show. Yeah. So the thing about Midnight is... It, it used that against him. Yes. The more he talked, the more he explained, the more he asked people to trust him, the less they, tr the less they believed in him, the more suspicious yes. they were of him. Yes. It, yeah, it is quite brilliant. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad it still holds up. Yeah, it really does. It's, it was so good when I saw it. I was like, dang, this is really good. Yep. And you know what really sucks about that is Donna's not very in it very <laughs> She's just at the beginning and the end. <laughs> that's the one flaw. And that's one of the things that was really it, interesting about reading this book. Yeah. Is, um, they... Uh, they um, what do they call it? Like a double double decker or something, mm. a double block, something where so there's an episode that's in the fourth series. Yeah, um, that episode, uh, uh, the companion's not in it, and it, Catherine Tate was a huge star when she agreed to do Doctor Who. Ah, um, and so a, 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 as big a star as David Tennant, mm. and so 
She's not in that episode. The episode after that is called Turn Left, and the doctor's not in that one. Mm. Um, and so the the show in a couple of years, and they I think they they intermittently through this series, they will find a way to save money by shooting two episodes at the same time. Yeah. Ah. And they do that because they take the two stars of the show. And they are each big in each of those episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so the directors and the you know they get to shoot them separately. They save some time. Mm. They save some money. Mm. Because, you know they don't because uh, the way that they do uh, uh, salaries on those shows, and that's something interesting. It also has led to a couple of interesting episodes because yeah. they need to break the format. Yeah. One of the most famous ones is the is a Blink, yeah, the third right. series where you barely see the Doctor or Martha. Yeah. Um, and it's entirely a guest cast. Um, I think that one holds up less. Yeah. I think that's a really novel episode. It's got a great sci-fi conceit, mm-hmm. but it kind of amounts to nothing. Yeah. In a in a in a bummer way. Yeah. Um I don't begrudge people if it's their favorite, but like there's not much to it at the end other than just enjoying watching it, mm-hmm. which is still a great episode to watch. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the thing I I love about the, the Doctor Who is really just the especially as it, the the cast change year and out is like you just get to meet all these new characters and they all have the same experience. Yeah. They all Enter the TARDIS for the first time. And so there's there's a familiarity to it that makes it safe to watch. Yeah. Like, it's not like when there's a big cast change on your favorite show and you're kind of mad about it. It's like, it's just a new person in the same role. Yeah. Like, like functional role, you know, with a totally different character. And so just the variety of storytelling, the variety of human experience, even though it's all funneled through this, like, nonsense, like, it's the silliest science fiction there ever was. Yeah. <laughs> and it owns that in a fun way. So I had a blast going through all that again. Cool. I was really hoping my rewatch would take longer because, like, the new episodes don't come out till the fall. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, that's why I did the hiatus. Dang. Okay. I'm so glad that Midnight holds up. I love but that episode so much. <laughs> I will say, The Writer's Tale, this, yeah. this big book, yeah. if, even if you're not a big Doctor Who person, mm-hmm. it, it, like, it is the best book on writing I have ever read. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, I can't say much more than that about it. It's so good. Yeah. And it's breezy because it is just... It's like when you watch an interview like on stage between two people who know each other yeah. and they just chat about some a topic for an hour. It's essentially a podcast, right? Um, it's that in book form. It's very long, but it, like I said, it's breezy. And if you know the show, you, you'll sort of, it's fun to hear him in the, like literally in the moment, discover a, a plot point and also like talk about a plot point that doesn't, isn't in the final episode mm-hmm. and then read on to see how he gets rid of it. Oh, it's, that's it's so seeing the process is very hmm. fascinating, but I would argue that even if you're not that familiar with the show, it's really valuable. It cool. just as a That's book cool. on writing. Yeah. Um, so I recommend it. In the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's what we did. We on did. our winter break. That's our show. For show notes and links on today's topics, go to our website, NiceGamesGuideClub. Visit us on Twitter and Mastodon at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets and doots about game dev resources and every single Git tutorial. We like hearing from you, so tweet and toot back, or email us, contact at nicegames.club. As you know, if you listen to the episode, Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. That stuff being content. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by nicegames.club slash discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be belatedly sharing our nicest of 2022. But that's it for this week. So... Until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Ellen, you were very quiet during that segment. Do you have you seen Doctor Who? I have, but it's been a while, and I haven't really kept up with it. Yeah. Um. So I I know what a Dalek is. <laughs> well, <laughs> and uh, Cyberman. Well, we do Star Trek nights here at Noble Robot, but for one night only, we could watch Midnight. <laughs> That's what <gasps> I. Yes. <laughs> I was going to suggest that maybe not this Thursday, but maybe next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm down. Yeah, that'd be I'm good. Down for that.